everybody, it's time for If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me, also known as Rebecca of Sunny Hill Farm. I'm here with Stacia, say hello. Hello. And Daniel, say hello. I don't get it. <laughs> They're all deep cuts, my friend. That's good. You don't need to explain it. So, this week, we watched Out of Mind, Out of Sight, which is such a fun play on this turn phrase, Out of Sight, Out of Mind, because... How fun is it? It's so fun, because she... Nobody thought about her, so she disappeared. So she was out of sight first, instead of just out of mind first. No, out of mind first, then out of sight. Because the turn of phrase is out of sight, out of mind. I know. Before we get in... But this is out of... Mind. Out of sight. I've literally been calling it the other thing the whole time. I know. Nope. I wrote it wrong, too. Before we get into it, let's figure out what was going on this week in 1997, May 19th. Let's set the mood, Daniel. Give us the news. In music world... Which is the only world to inhabit because there's no movies or television that I noted at all. Nice. So don't worry about the cinema or the television except for Buffy the Vampire Slayer this week. Music, though. A couple of fun things. Modest Mouse. The Fruit That Ate Itself. Oh, shit. I don't even know what album that is. I don't either. Yeah. Must be way before. Uh, Misfits, American Psycho came out. And then the Spice Girls. Yeah. Spice. Their first album. They're the first British band to top the U.S. charts with a debut album. How about that shit? I believe it. I that's had what's that. up. So that's it. Really? Mm-hmm. You had Not the record? Not the Beatles? No, well, the debut album. So the Beatles kind of never, they didn't really have a debut because their debuts were like weird covers and bad songs. Okay. And then they, I think they still hold the record for the most like number one singles of any kind, Probably. cover or not. But yeah, it wasn't their debut. That was number one. Yeah, okay. the cassette, man. Spice. Yeah. Well, my sister I did had too. Uh, Spice World. Well, it was a CD. Yeah. Did you guys watch Spice World? I oh, did. Yeah. Oh my god, I owned it. Yeah, my sister my sister <laughs> broke the tape. <laughs> she watched it every night. So, it was good. Yeah. Well, I can't say, yeah. I rewatched I it again it. in high school. Really? Yeah. Have you watched it since? No. We should. It was that's fun a though. Project. I think for ninety seven we'll have to do that. Yeah. Maybe this over the summer, yeah. That sounds good. All right, so that's a project to go down. Otherwise, that's it. When the world is in trouble. When our future is in danger, we call upon one man. But when he's busy, he calls five girls. Columbia Pictures presents The Spice Girls. All right, we're coming. In their film debut, Victoria, Emma, Mel B, Jerry, and Mel C. They're ready for action. On to the episode. Oh my god. Whoa. Getting that pan reverb. Pan reverb. <laughs> out of Mind, Out of Sight, episode 11 of season one. Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Right, because it's Out of Sight, Out of Mind is the turn of phrase. But we're, we're changing that because she was out of our minds and then out of our sight. You see? But she could have also been out of our sight. We didn't see her. So she's also out of our mind. Which if she was never out in of... our mind, she's just out of our sight, and that's the end of it. Look, the first thing I got to say about girl? this episode is harmony. But she was in sight, and no one paid attention to her. True. She was visible, but not in our minds. <laughs> right. And then she was no longer in our sight. That's why it makes sense. And that's I why wish I, I could become invisible. Harmony! Exclamation point. Ugh. Why was Buffy running out of the library at full fucking speed to the point where she, like... Crashed onto the floor. She also has sharp instruments, and I don't. Just I assume she has to go slay something. 
You think? In the middle, in the middle of, of the day? Yeah, why not? She was a slayer. Everything she did for this episode was in the middle of the day. Well, that backpack also had nothing but weapons, so there were no school implements at all. Which, again, goes against her, um, what we learned about her one absence. She's obviously skipping class to go. I think, if anything, in this season, the majority of her slaying has been during the day. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's actually a good point. Nightmares, puppet show. Fair enough. It's weird talking about slayings because she's fighting demons. When I think of, like, when you say slayings, I think of vampires. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't fight that that many vampires. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about this in another episode where the vampires start to show up more frequently. They were just always, like, the weird first enemy that she fights through. And then we get to the bad stuff. Whereas here, it's like, man, we haven't seen a vampire in forever. Oh, we haven't. So when we're talking about the merchant in Venice in class, and Cordelia is discounting the suffering of Jews, like it's no big deal, uh, she mentions the Twinkie defense, because she says Shylock is such a Twinkie defense when he's, I don't know, defending himself. And what is a Twinkie defense, Stacia? So, in the 70s, when Harvey Milk was assassinated, the guy who assassinated him went on trial for murder and he argued not that okay yes i killed him but argued that he was in a great depression where he ate a bunch of twinkies which made him have uncontrollable mood swings so that he had no choice but to kill harvey milk because he was not in control of his emotions which the jury believed and then gave him voluntary manslaughter instead of premeditated murder holy shit for assassinating two people. So that is the Twinkie defense. <laughs> wow. Fuck. But yeah, so that was the Twinkie defense. Basically, he said the sugar, I ate a bunch of junk food, including Twinkies and drank Coke, and it made me crazy. Is that in the movie? I saw the movie. The movie was really good. I, really good, I, I think it ends. I think it ends when Harvey Milk is assassinated. I know, right? That's yeah. what I feel, too. But yeah, I learned about that. That's um, crazy. I had no in idea. In a legal class. Thing. So yeah. I hate that. I know, it's the worst. I don't know why a jury would be like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Twinkies make us all crazy. Yeah, so we don't really care that much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Mitch needs his comb right now. I think Mitch needs medical attention. Which is unfortunate. (laughs) Anyways, so Cordelia, I don't think that she, I mean, she's like definitely downplaying the Jews, but she's also just so overly selfish that it's like Jew or anybody. It's just they will all fall at the wayside at as to Cordelia, so. Well, I think Cordelia was so funny because she was saying things that sounded very articulate and, right. like, she was making a good defense and then she was like, like, the girl that I hit, she made it all about her leg, but, like, what about my pain? He's like, and you totally missed your own point. I think that's a perfect Cordelia. I know. Here's I thought brilliant. it was wonderful. Like, I love you. Oh, Cordelia. <laughs> but Cordelia's a great student. I th- feel yeah. like there's a continuous uh, miss representation of her through, like from the other characters throughout the show of her being dumb or a bad student but well she's... this starts the if that if that's the case i think that it was done on purpose this episode is the first time we ever get another side of cordelia or we get to see that's true somebody who gets uh, you know some words you know like i mentioned this is the first time that all five of them the school <laughs> that was amazing i was just gonna say because it, it was all five of but it's Scoobies. but them as they are known to the popular audience <laughs> this is the first time that they're all around each other though you know like and it doesn't always happen that often but this was really interesting where cordelia comes and is like i need your help buffy we're cool right these guys are losers but then she's like ah but i i don't really think that they're losers i'm just kind of being a dick buffy 
I, uh, I, I know we've had our differences with you being so weird and all and hanging out with these total losers. Oh, well, anyway, despite all of that, I know that you share this feeling that we have for each other deep down. Nausea? Somebody is after me. This is my character. I'm supposed to play this. And I don't know. Gave a different sign of Cordelia. Which yeah, is I just nice. like that we have that moment with the teacher where she's like, I w- I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm some help with my paper. Can you help me after class? And it's I like just see her as a, as a magical entity, so I don't even think about her as anything but what she becomes, mm. which is just greatness all around. She's just a really great person. But right now, she's just an asshole. Mitch yeah. wants to be on Cordelia's vagina, not on her arm. That was unnecessary, Mitch. That's why you got beat with a CG bat. That the CG bat was terrible. I, I said that he just wanted to have sex and he got beaten. Yeah, well, good, good. Uh, that brings me to my <laughs> next note. That's the way we stop. You know, teenagers having sex? No. We'll beat you with a bat. You <laughs> even think about having sex. Well, Josephine has a real weird relationship with sex. Sex and deformities women. and women. And yeah. Race. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was coming. I knew that guy was about to get his ass beat because he's just a weirdo showing up, being a dick. So I was like, you're, you're done. But I don't know, just... She's not even on the screen yet. My note says, fuck yeah, Cleo Duvall, in all caps. It's like you're reading the description. You're like, oh, God, yes, here we go. Yes. Buffy gets so sad when Cordelia fakes her out with getting chocolate. She's like, oh, so sad she took the chocolate away. And I felt so bad for her in that moment. Why can't Buffy have some chocolate? Cordelia, what a jerk. I like that she noticed that she sounded like an idiot when she's like, well, I don't even like chocolate. <laughs> oh, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that was Willow and Xander's perfect moment, which I really Cute. Their inside joke. Yeah, and also just well written. Cordelia, man, she does love titles. Oh God! <laughs> Remember in sixth grade with the field trip? Right, <laughs> right. The guy with the antlers on his belt. <laughs> be my deputy. And then the, the hat. Oh God! Gee, it's fun that we're speaking in tongues. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just we had this up. Uh, you had to be there. It's not even funny. Really. Uh, Cordelia just has a history of trying too hard. Yeah, and what kind of moron would I be making anyway? I think these two episodes were really well written, especially for the friends. And I think the scene with the five of them, the Slayerettes, <laughs> let it be known, the Slayerettes, <laughs> I thought that it was well written. Like, everybody got a thing to say. Everybody was snarky in their own way. It was perfect. What the fuck is a May Queen? Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of a May Queen. We, we said it was a prom queen right well okay so homecoming queens have the coronation thing they right, have homecoming the, is in the early in and october that's, yeah that's that's in the fall but then prom you it's don't really have you don't have like a coronation parade situation like not you do like a homecoming. parade you parade, but you do like get a crowned yeah you do a crowning thing though yeah. but this was like this is happening at a restaurant in a different spot than the school like a weird party almost and, and they did like the a parade coronation like in the courtyard with the fbi looking on like yeah what, what's that like people got to go to class like weird. why would you ever do this without like directing attention that's why they're at football games it's like you're already watching this you have nowhere else to look you have to watch us do this thing, right? Like if you if you ever put that in my school, I would have I would have been one of them just walking on. I don't give a shit. I don't know who this person is. Oh, maybe it's because they're um, underclassmen or whatever. They're they're sophomores. Maybe this is like a fake prom for like underclassmen. Like, for... do we ever meet mm. seniors as them like being so. freshmen or sophomores? No, Mm-mm. it's like they're the only ones there. But they have a prom. 
We already know that. Right, that's what I'm saying. Cause, Not exciting. But I don't think... I don't think that the school would give, like, a fake prom to underclassmen, because that's not really the whole point of prom. Right. But they have... Other schools have things like the spring fling, mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of more like that, like a general dance that's not the prom, like the big one, but, like... Yeah, our prom was only for it, juniors and seniors. Yeah. yeah. But you would have a dance for sophomores. And... Okay, so that's what I figured they yeah. would do. I don't know. I mean, that's being generous. I think that they just ignore... <laughs> they just pretend like they're seniors. They run the school. These are the only people in the school. So if anybody's going to be the queen, it would be Cordelia. Yes. Regardless of sophomore to senior. There are no seniors. I mean, it seems like they just made up what a May Queen is because they wanted that in the show. And Cordelia would totally be just uh, the sycophant of whoever was the actual senior May Queen. Like, she would be Harmony to whoever was actually the most popular person in the school and not the the most popular person. Yeah. It just wouldn't make sense. Harmony would be a leech on Cordelia, but Cordelia would be a leech until she's a senior herself. That's yeah. So, so we just until she can be Regina George, right? <laughs> and we just eliminated two whole two whole grades just for Buffy and her friends. So convenient. So, well, I guess Oz, Oz, yeah, Oz, a year older than them. Yeah. But does it ever really become a thing? I think that it's like it's fun to mention it. Like they exist as a figment, but not as an actual like impediment to. Any sort of social things or any... No. Yeah. Well, they, they make him a super senior just so he can be in their grade in so he's, season three. Super, yeah. Oh. He gets held like back. He yeah. It was, like, too cool to go to his classes or something. Yeah, the That's line or something like, remember when I was supposed to take history last year? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Well, remember when I didn't go? Yeah. So he gets held back in his in season three and he's a senior again. So that was fun. Hey, did everybody see that guy just turn to dust? Oh, well, uh, sort of. Yep, vampires are real. A lot of them live in Sunnydale. We'll we'll fill you in. I know it's hard to accept at first. Actually, it explains a lot. Snyder jump cut to, like, oh, Mitch, is he dead? What? No, no one dies in this school. Yes, it's Snyder Fire. This week? Yeah. Snyder Fire. Snyder Fire. (laughs) He's always on fire. I thought he would be in more of the episodes. I was kind of disappointed, A, that he wasn't in more of it. Um, But he said that there's no dead students here. It was the biggest inauguration ever. We have <laughs> the, the best people ever. And we won the electoral college and the popular vote in a landslide. That's right. That's what he said. <laughs> that's what he said, because that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Harmony is very chill about her ankle possibly being broken. She gets pushed down the concrete steps, the steps that last forever. And she's like, my ankle, it's uh, broken. She's lucky she didn't, like, I don't know, smash her head open like an egg. <laughs> like an egg. It's true. But also Buffy, the, the medics, when they were taking... Um, the Mitch out when they were taking Mitch out um, just stopped for Buffy who apparently is a doctor now um, so they stopped for her to sort of like ask questions and diagnose Mitch so I think her being there with Harmony was pretty good because she she's the, authority. the medical professional yeah absolutely yeah. but then when they called for the school nurse got a drink to school nurses now we have to drink to school nurses because they're not listening to our podcast anymore oh that's right school nurses yeah defame them yeah, because we talk shit about school nurses and somebody else. Because they don't know how to use penicillin. That's right. Fucking I robot you, Jane. Oh, my God. I'll never be out from under it. I like Giles describing what it's like to have uh, a ghost go through you. It's like the Dementors. And it really... I'm glad that they did that because I thought that they were just going to pretend that this ghost living up in the false ceiling, which isn't a thing, was going to be normal. And it's not normal. So this is clearly like an aberration and she is different which i i found yep nice actually 
when Harmony breaks her ankle, Buffy's the only one that hears Marcy's laughter, which is weird because it's really loud. And I didn't realize the secret agent guys were like, boom, immediately in the episode. I thought for sure they were just at the very end. So that was neat. While Giles is giving his little speech about invisible stuff, Xander's all skeevy about like, ah, I would be invisible because then I could just be in the girl's locker room. <laughs> gross. Well, yes, absolutely gross. But I also want to say that protection of the girl's locker room, I wouldn't give it to Xander. No. But someone needs to protect the girls' locker room like and Buffy. the men's locker room. Huh? <laughs> All the locker rooms, like All, Buffy. Yeah, Buffy would be great. We need someone <laughs> to just protect those places because they're murder halls, basically. Murder halls. So that's where people go to die. Murder showers. So I respect oh, uh, Xander no. wanting to help, but he would not. No, I would never give him the job because he would he would abuse his power just like that angel already looks older you guys don't agree with me but i think he does i don't think he looks older at all no i don't think so either because the pilot was shot like nine ten months before the season started airing so at this point we're over a year since the first time we've seen him in the show and i think he does look a little bit older see that's a bunch of science that i wouldn't know right off the science that i wouldn't know so he looked fine he looked the same as he did in angel and I really like the jump cut with the mirror thing. Not seeing a reflection was great. I was not looking for him. So when he showed up, it was very pleasant. Yeah, he hasn't been around in a while. He hasn't been around since Angel. Yeah, and also what's very strange is like knowing what happens to Jenny and Giles in season eight when he gets killed and they, he kills him and Jenny. Yeah. And it's really fascinating to see them be friends for this very short period of time that they're going to get because there was... They were very into each other um, and into knowledge. I think they were a little stuff. more than friends in this scene. It was like they were there was heavy breathing. Giles was like un- inappropriately into the book situation. Like he was already hot and bothered, and then him and Angel are just real. Well, he's really close. into the Codex, and that's where the Giles alert just goes crazy. Ten of ten, that dude's <laughs> into Codexes. I think I speak for everyone here when I say, "Huh." I don't know why uh, Marcy wants to fit in. You know, like being in the bathroom like that and just like really giving it all with the toupee. Mockery is kind of like, I mean, I guess it makes sense that Marcy can go from like a, a mild mannered regular person to, you know, invisible to a killer, I guess, because she's already fucked up. But if you are like so upset that you like you want to mock a teacher to be friends with somebody like that's not a good friendship. It's building a friendship on sand like you should know better, Marcy. You should just do something else. Like, why do you care about Cordelia? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes sense in terms of high school politics, but yeah. But, like, let's be honest, because if she had ended up being friends with Cordelia, then she would have just become, like, a mean girl and, I don't know, maybe would have died in the, like, <laughs> no, in, in in the school with the mayor. Like, probably would have died then, but now she's invisible and probably has really super cool adventures and sure. gets to go around the world and kill people. And, like, I want to watch that show. She probably doesn't <laughs> appreciate what Cordelia gave her. Also... I wonder if she knows that Cordelia has become a magical entity. I mean, that must that must also rile her up. She must be like, God damn it, I was doing great. I'm going off on these adventures. And then fucking she has to become the fucking some deity. Of course. Fucking Cordelia. Always Cordelia. <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know if she finds out. But I think that she's a mean girl at heart. I, I don't think Marcy's a good person. Wow. All right. That's a take. She wanted to be mean. She wanted to be a part of the mean girl club. I think she just wanted to be popular. Isn't that basically what Cordelia says? Like, I would do anything to yeah. be alone with people than to be alone by myself. Right. So are you saying she's invisible because she's so unpopular? That about sums it up. I'm for her. 
awful to feel that lonely. Hmm. So you've read something about the feeling? Hey, you think I'm never lonely because I'm so cute and popular? I can be surrounded by people and be completely alone. It's not like any of them really know me. I don't even know if they like me half the time. People just want to be in the popular zone. Sometimes when I talk, everyone's so busy agreeing with me, they don't hear a word I say. Well, if you feel so alone, then why do you work so hard at being popular? Well, it beats being alone all by yourself. I mean, I guess we and, wouldn't say Cordelia is a bad person. Okay, but. and so maybe Cordelia was the meanest person to her, and that's why she was fixated on it. But we know that she had interactions with Willow and Xander and people that weren't mean who also ignored her. Have a nice summer. So Cordelia might have been the worst or the most frustrating for her, but she was not the only one that was rejecting her. It was everyone in the school. It's true. Even, like, to the level that the teachers didn't notice. And it's your job to call on everyone yeah. evenly. So it, you know, was pervasive true and what do you think buffy the superiority on like not being at the school to like look at that yearbook and be like way to go willow way to go <laughs> i like that a lot those are fucking losers i would have noticed her. the way she sets them up too like oh you didn't you didn't know her you didn't <laughs> you didn't let me pull out some receipts then, right now then um why is her signature right here <laughs> oh do you remember when i asked for the classic list willow boom uh why don't you take a look there have a nice summer is what you write when you have nothing to say it's the kiss of death. And you guys didn't know Marcy Ross? Never met her, why? Because you both wrote it, too. Have a nice yeesh. Where am I? Oh, have a great summer. See, I cared. You guys don't remember her? No, I probably didn't see her except to sign the book. I mean, this is a big school. Xander, we each had four classes with her last year. So no one noticed her, and now she's invisible. What? She turned invisible because no one noticed her? Of course. How much does a high school ceiling apartment cost in Southern California? A high school what? Ceiling apartment. I mean, how much does it cost to taxpayers is probably what you're asking. Because <laughs> she's That's raiding true. those vending machines. Her family's in grief, so they might be I assume she just steals pork and beans from the school cafeteria. Pork and beans. Pork and beans. Chicken nuggets. Get those. I mean, Chicken she would be nugs. good, though. She would just go down there and grab all of those. I mean, it's not a, that's not the worst life ever. It's I, not much of I wish life. they had had, like, a giant tub of some sort of, like, potato salad just sitting next to her bed. Like, economy-sized, industrial, because that's, that's what, what they ha- would right. have. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> also, the limits, the scope of her, like, imagination is basically right there in that room. Like, you're going to live above the band room like a loser. Because that was the the one thing you did. (laughs) Walk your ass. Steal a fucking car like you apparently have to do to get them to the bronze. I mean, I don't know how else you got them there. Steal a fucking car. Drive anywhere. And live a fucking amazing life. You could do so much stuff if you're invisible. Ghost riding the whip. I'm so excited about the idea that Marzi just like dumped them in a shopping cart and just sort of pushed Ooh, them to the bronze. She's like oh, a little walk and no one noticed like this empty shopping cart just like <laughs> well, gliding down the street like, with yeah. two unconscious people in it. That would be hilarious. It'd be amazing. They wouldn't even have thought to do that though. In their head, it's like oh, with just a little the bronze whistle right next door. <laughs> amazing. That's oh, God, funny. The whistle. Yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> 
when Buffy's raiding Marcy's little cracked end ceiling apartment, uh, Marcy's doing some heavy mouth breathing. Why wouldn't Macy, Marcy, sorry, Marcy, don't come and kill me. Um, why would, why would she hover behind Buffy with a knife and then just move out of Buffy's way and let her leave? Well, it's the same thing at the end where why is she entertaining Cordelia's pleas to not get her face cut? It's like every terrible villain who just doesn't follow through. On what or why is she beating up Buffy with her hands when she has knives and Buffy obviously <laughs> like needs some time to calibrate and figure out how to fight an invisible person? Yeah. yeah. You the got the are, upper hand, girl. The stakes are low. They don't really exist. You may have to work on listening to people. Very funny. I thought so. Uh, Buffy, oh, well, first dramatic table sna- smash for Giles when he's like, of course, <laughs> of course she's invisible because we ignored her. But Buffy pretends that she doesn't have real friends so that she can, like, relate to Cordelia in that moment of earnestness. And I'm like, Buffy, you have the best friends. Stop pretending like you're alone. You are not, Cordelia and you are not actually speaking about the same thing right now. That's not, I don't know, I disagree with that. Well, they do make the thing, Buffy's meant to feel alone this episode, right? Because they have the inside joke with Xander and Willow, so she's feeling on the outs. So I guess that's what she's talking about. I mean, I think it's partially that, but also partially, like, you know... When were you ever popular? Like, Buffy is like, I know what how you feel because I used to be you. And then also, she is the Slayer. She will forever be alone. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. That actually is a huge theme of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. One is the loneliest Slayer. One is the loneliest Slayer. But then there will be two. And then there will be thousands. And one will still be the loneliest. She... Man, Buffy does... Just like sad she will always herself. be forever alienated, even with the thousand slayers around her. She will only be. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, she'll the be of, the slayer forever. Yeah, even at probably at the end of these current season ten comics, I'm sure it's like we'll find a way to get Buffy back to that state. Yeah. She'll never be happy. She'll never have anything. I always find it weird. So far, we are really. I don't know if this keeps up for the whole season. I mean, a lot of season one stuff I think are going to fall away, but I just don't remember there being such a reliance on Buffy asking Willow to get medical records, student data. Like, just mining people's entire lives. I just don't remember that being a thing as we go forward. I know there's plenty of tech stuff that happens, but it feels like every time that they're in a weird bind, it's like, just have Willow search it. And then it's like, well, there's the plot. And here we go. Hungry, Hungry Hippa is the name of the game. Each ball represents a piece of confidential patient information. Are you ready, guys? Here's Mrs. Smith's tummy tuck. Here's George's constipation issues. Here's John's colonoscopy. Ready, guys? Go! Gobble up that protected confidential information as fast as you can. Fun for everyone. It seems very cheap, and that's fine for season one, and plenty of stuff is happening. I mean, I noted here that the B-plot with Angel is 3,000 more times interesting than anything happening with Buffy and them. I don't really give a shit about this fucking invisible girl because everything's going to be fine but i want to know more about this fucking prophecy even though i hate prophecies in general but it's still way more interesting because they they acted it way better than the whole marcy cordelia just weird i'm at the bronze like everything was so weird it didn't make any sense and i didn't really like it but i wonder when they stop relying on this stuff they or still, if they do. I think once they leave the high school, it becomes less so of a like thing. season four? Yeah, because even in season three, they use Willow to hack into all kinds of shit for the mayor. So I think it's still a thing. A thing. Throughout most of it. But I think you mentioned it maybe in the last episode about the master not really being a thing. And the way the 
the seasons are set up for Buffy are pretty formulaic. We generally introduce the big bad around episode three. There's usually a big incident towards the middle of the season and then a resolution at the very end of the season. It's interesting that we don't see the Master more because this is a condensed, you know, about half the length. Mm -hmm. They're 12 episodes versus 22. We don't see him very much. And he also doesn't seem to be the mastermind behind the things that he's not interacting with. He doesn't, you could almost have him as a throwaway, like, let's throw the invisible girl at her. Right. Like, you could have him be the reason for these things. But I kind of respect them for not doing that. It almost seems interesting that, you know, you take the five episodes that the master's actually in, they can be their own sort of entity. And the rest of it is kind of weird. Completely unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the other seasons, it's it's Angel that's fucking with Buffy. Mm-hmm. It's the mayor that's fucking with Buffy. It's Gloria. And you, and you carry Buffy. that through even on the uh, even on the little things. Mm-hmm. It's like they're always there. It's the episode with the giant snake that Gloria sent. It's right. the episode with the box of spiders that the mayor sent. Like, so pretty much they didn't learn from season one, which was probably that would have been a good lesson to have. That like Gloria can exist, but she, but she doesn't, she have, doesn't to be have to be the everything. one sending everything. Because <laughs> if you're on a Hellmouth. Like, and you've already had Adam die, and you've already had the Master die, and you've already had, you know, Angelus die, and all, and whatever the fucking weird thing that gets hit with a bazooka. It's like, all these <laughs> things have been killed. Just, like, who cares? Like, why can't just things show up out of nowhere that are lesser, and Buffy fights them, you know? I don't but know. they do. They do, but they also, I think that they have to do those things, because, because the seasons are so long, they yeah, need well. to keep the big bad relevant, True. and that's how you do it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a fair point. But there's a lot of episodes where the big bad isn't involved at all. Yeah. Yeah. We still have, it's just, these seasons are too long. I mean, that's it, that's... Well, that, and just for me, that's what I'm looking for as we go forward. I'm interested to see how much the big bad gets his hands, mm-hmm. his or her hands, into what's going on. Because right now, it's like the master's hands off. He's like, I don't, I, Invisible Girl. <laughs> what? What? I'm probably gonna <laughs> die from an Invisible Girl? Shit. Why didn't I fucking do this? <laughs> Why don't I, like, contact the fucking FBI and uh, and sort of coordinate our, our efforts? Yeah. I don't know. Buffy punches a hole through a door. We've seen her break locks before, but now suddenly she's like, fastest way through is by punching a hole. I don't know. Well, I guess so. I mean, you punch a hole and you... I don't know. You kind of have to weirdly grab... Yeah. yeah I, think, I think breaking I think the locks breaking the, the Yeah. Buffy and Cordelia are trapped for the first time together. I like that Buffy looks around that room and determines that it's okay. <laughs> the invisible girl's clearly the invisible not here. The girl's not here, and you're good. And then the invisible girl was there. Uh, Giles and all of them were totally being stupid when they followed the flute music. And this one time, we all lost our music, and we were supposed to play this song, but we didn't know it. So we just made it up, and we kept playing and playing, and the conductor didn't know what we were doing, and it was so funny. So you're pissed about something, huh? <laughs> You know what I do when I'm angry? I just play some Bach on my flute. Why did they do that? Loudly playing the flute is not very sneaky because, of course, it's a trap. How long do you think she recorded a cassette for that? I mean, she set that bad boy and that thing was going right then. Right. So she hit it and she ran up into the closet, theoretically. Was she in the closet? I always thought she was in the Uh, ceiling. Possibly. But even so, you'd have to get upstairs into the ceiling, run through the ceiling, which is a false ceiling, not a thing. So you'd have to weirdly walk on the metal beams, but they pretend like it is a ceiling. So you just run across, I guess. (laughs) But but still, it's weird. Like, she has to set that and then become here. 
And then they go down there. But then she has to be there to lock the door. I don't know. Time doesn't really work. But I guess if she's in the ceiling, it doesn't really matter. She can always get there. I'm confused about the gas thing because Giles does find like, the nozzle. Now. We've done gas twice. So that's, when was uh, the first time we did it? For I Wrote by Eugene, literally two episodes ago. Oh, shit. The gas trying to kill Xander. Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah, poison gas. Yeah. And then Willow, this time was Xander, who was slumped over almost dead. So they, they're freaked out because there's no more handle, right? So they can't turn it off. And but then tried to sh- when he got really bloody and stuff. Okay. So this, I was wondering, like, he did find a way to turn it off, kind of, but hurt himself. And he said, that'll save us a couple minutes conveniently so that they wouldn't die. And that so Angel have. can come and mm-hmm. save them. Okay. But the Angel, I, I don't know. That's fine. I'm That's glad fine. that they introduced Angel before then. So it makes sense. Although him just being like, hey, I was coming to give you your codex and you weren't there. So I had to go search and I heard your screams. Like, God damn it. Really? Oh, yeah. That's why I brought that all up. Cell phones would have been great. In 97. We're just now talking about what the finale is going to be. And it's the episode before the finale. And it's interesting that we don't... I feel like we know so much about the main villain by the time we have the finale in the other episodes. And this one, it's like, yeah, the master's a thing, I guess. Well, now we're fighting him. And there wasn't really any... Is there anything else to know? He's a vampire. I mean... And I guess that's where the show gets so far from. Buffy's a vampire slayer. And the most badass thing she's going to fight this season is a vampire. And then we turn into, like, shit gets crazy after this. So I I guess it's fine that we don't need to know more about him other than he's a super old vampire and it's probably a bad thing if he's around, but I don't know. I think it's weird that we don't talk about it until right before the finale. Well, I feel like it's all implied. You you understand the stakes. He is a vampire that's been uh, alive for a really long time, so other vampires, like, listen to him. He is, like, essentially the vampire leader. And I don't know. That seems like that's his entirety. Yeah, and I don't think you're looking for things like you do later on where, like, Buffy literally has kicked, like, five people in this whole show so far. And <laughs> how is she going to go up against the Master? So it's like there, you almost expect some sort of form of some trickery or some something to happen I with like... Angel. Because Angel now is a thing, and you're like, what is this Angel person? This is all going to tie in. I also don't know if we looked at, like, penultimate episodes or things like that that lead us into a finale anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what we do today. I don't think we did that back then. It's almost like... Your finale is your finale. Here you go. You're fighting the bad guy. Well, it seems like maybe the difference is in the first season, we understand the stakes with the master in the first episode. Mm. And so there's nothing more to learn about him, which is why we don't really see him again. Whereas the rest of the seasons, like with Glory, she doesn't know what Glory is or who Glory is or how to find her for most of the season. And Adam doesn't show up. And they don't thing. know what Adam is either. It just gets hinted at, at well, towards the end of the season. And first gets all flushed out in season seven. Even Willow being the bad guy in six isn't. But okay. again, it's, it's like with with yeah. the first. It's like, how do you fight the first? How do we even handle this? Right. right. But true. with the master, it's like he's trapped. I can't get to him. He can't get to me. I know how to kill him when I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's true. Him being just a vampire, it's like well, the normal methods. We don't yeah. really have to research this too much put him I, in the fucking sun or stab him in the chest with some wood and you're, you're I always done. kind of True. thought it was disappointing when you got to the seventh season and you got the like super vamp or whatever they were Uba vamp. yeah and I was like why are these more hardcore than the master because like honestly the master was really they were harder to kill he gets the worst rap of the whole show because yeah. he should have been one of the coolest villains so he gets a little resurrection in, in season eight in the comics which isn't really fair but him even showing up in seven is dope. But yeah, he is. I would assume more badass than any one of them. Than the Turakam. 
than Adam. <laughs> he I would mean, be more badass than yeah, Adam. Because yeah, Adam was so what was glory? whatever. What's glory? She's a god. She's a god. That's pretty. Yeah. pretty like a hell god. Yeah. I'm crazy. Honey, I'm the original one eyed chicklet in the kingdom of the blind. Because at least I admit the world makes me nuts. Glory was fun. But what about, so like, what would uh, the master be against uh, against Willow? Would that be a fun fight or would that be I think weird, Willow or? just wins. I feel like Willow just I traps think... him in a bubble and kills him. Okay. She well, would I just mean... like make sunlight or I something. I guess vampires yeah. really aren't that. I mean, he's like a strong vampire. I get that. But like, I guess vampires are kind of vampires at the end of the day. You're not a witch. You're not a fucking god. I think the power for the master stems less in the fact that he's a really strong vampire and more in the fact that he can lead other vampires in a yeah. way that they seem to be sort of like, I guess they have nests and stuff, but they're always like to each their own at the end of the day where I think they all had loyalty towards the master. Like, well, what's the shit about the anointed too? So the anointed's yeah. supposed to be what? the thing like, that gets him out of his little hole. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, like the fulfilling of the prophecy. He's like taking these steps to get out of his church. So what happens then? So uh, maybe I'm spoiling prophecy girl because I don't remember it, but like the oh, anointed, and we give I know the that. anointed blah, blah, blah. We throw him in the sun. We've already established that. That's awesome. But, yeah. the, but in theory, the anointed is supposed to get him out of why? Because of his kid power? Like, <laughs> his tiny hand magic. Right, I mean, but that's the thing. He's like, he's giving him some strength or something? Or? I don't know. Wait, no, so really know. I mean, I think the way that it's explained is that the anointed <laughs> one is the only one that can lead Buffy to the master. Yep, and she right. is the key to for the master to unlock himself. Gotcha. Like, yeah. that the anointed one will come to her and she will not recognize him because he's a child and he will lead her to the master. And That's then the it. master will be able to drink her blood and leave. So if only Sunny Dalex Machina had given us a photo of the missing child instead of the fake, the murderer yeah. in that newspaper clipping. Then Buffy would, would be like, like, I know who you are. But, but even then she when the anointed one comes, she knows who it is. Right, because she knows. She knows. Person. She walked oh. out and she was like, I'm going to find the master. And the anointed one's like, hey. And she's like, grabs his hand, and she's like, "Let's do this," and like, nice. walks with him. I do not remember. That's this a good scene, I think. Yeah, I didn't I'm remember really it until she started. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and I'm like, getting he, stoked the little about kid it. has to go out to yeah. grab Buffy's hand to bring her to where. Yeah, that that's is his whole purpose. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I am so stoked. <laughs> that is, sounds better than anything we've ever done. Next <laughs> week's gonna be much better. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks actually. There's a two week break between the finale. So oh shit! You're listening to this. Two, two weeks. weeks. I know. All right. Yeah. Uh, while Giles is in the gas pit, he's got a little handkerchief. I gave him Giles points for that. Is Marcy naked? I think, yes, we've all decided definitively she has to be, right? She has to be. She has to be naked. Yeah. Nothing she touches turns invisible. Right, because I... she holds the badge, she holds the knife, and those yeah. don't turn invisible. So presumably if she were wearing clothes, you, you would, would see, see her. Yeah. She should have just disfigured Cordelia. Oh. Okay. I mean, why do you have... Oh, why did she... Yeah, a, she did the villain, villain, the villain the trope worst thing. The worst villains yeah. ever, yeah. So. I thought it was nice that she numbed her face before. She was like, I can cut you all up. Yeah, first, nice. Which was kind of weird because she also seemed like I want to cause you as much pain mm-hmm. as possible. So why would you take that step? Well, and that's what I also, because she hedges on everything. Why would the FBI be like, be like, yeah, cool. Well, we I think she hedges person, on like, everything because they didn't want humans killing humans in Buffy. Oh, yeah. that's probably As true. a general theme, like it was a big deal when Faith kills a human and that's the first time. So, Debbie Mary Allen. I think they were trying to like. She's she's a murderous psycho, and you have to take her seriously. But also, we can't actually have her murder or hurt anyone. Fair enough. Yeah. But I'm even if taking that away, the FBI wanting somebody that's wishy washy. 
probably not the best. Although I guess I you think can train the being them. invisible thing is more important. That's true. Because <laughs> then you brainwash and groom her. Fucking hated the ending. I fucking hated them filming that in the fucking random like writers' room hallway, and I hated them with their like. <sighs> They thought they were clever with the books opening up at different, different times as if there was people there. <laughs> Fuck you. That was stupid as shit. It never gets paid off. Fuck it. Hated it. But in this episode, we get our first badass Slayer moment where Buffy like takes a second and it's slow motion and the oh, camera rotates. Awesome. She's listening mm-hmm. for Marcy. I love that so much. That's my favorite scene of this whole season, which sucks that it's in kind of a clunker of an episode because this episode would have been rated higher. But It yeah, was really cool. I love it because that... Like, there's more to come. Buffy is growing. She's learning still. This is not end Buffy. This is our first iteration of Buffy. We'll get more and more. It was interesting, too, because Giles didn't tell her how to fight someone who was invisible. She just, like, instinctively was like, I just need to listen for her or, like, feel her or whatever she was doing. He was like, you just need to listen. Yeah. And she was like, ha. And he was like, I thought it was funny. (laughs) Yeah. Which is great. I really enjoyed that. But it wasn't, like, joy... Because I feel like later Giles is like, I'm Mm going to blindfold you and then I need you to deflect my blows or whatever. So they didn't have, like, let's go train on this moment. Buffy was just like, let's do this. Well, I found the moment when she said, like, what am I, knowledge girl? Was, like, clearly the break. The Buffy that knows everything is gone. Yeah, I did, too. Like, right when she said that, I was like, oh, okay. This is the end, really. I mean, because we talked about it earlier. How did Buffy like? She was Giles, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is the break. She had the praying mantis no bat sounds, and yeah. right, she's mm-hmm. no longer Giles. So Giles is Giles. She is just point me in the direction. Machine. I am a killing machine. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which I think is why I love the fifth season so much because the entire fifth season is this that one scene of her mm-hmm. hearing and learning. Giles is ready to leave. He's like, mm-hmm. she doesn't need me anymore. I've trained her up all good. And Buffy's like, hey. I'm pretty sure I'm a fucking supernatural being. I kind of want to tap into that a little bit. Maybe we should talk and I should read some books. In the like the whole fifth season, they go like super training, super heavy on everything. She does the weird handstands with one hand and she's moving crystals and doing cool shit. Like, well, not moving, but focusing with crystals or whatever. But she turns into like super duper Buffy in the fifth season. And that's why I think this is the very first tiny, tiny step towards that. I think that's very cool. Yeah. I agree. But the rest of the episodes, whatever. Well, you kind of have to get there, too. So if we broke in now with Buffy being the one that knows everything and Giles not, pretending that Giles doesn't know what he's doing, you got to get five seasons of Giles knowing everything to kind of make that even more of a stick a little bit harder. Where you're like, okay, Giles now, not Buffy. Buffy doesn't automatically know everything. Giles knows everything. You almost forget season one even happened. Right. At season oh, yeah. five. And you're like, oh, yeah, Buffy's an idiot. She doesn't really know that much at all. And so when she's like, oh, I want to learn this, you're like, yeah, Buffy, get it, girl. That's interesting, too, because Giles seems like he's learning new ways to teach her throughout mm-hmm. the fifth season, too. So it's all new for everybody. I think we needed that really big reset after the fourth season because everybody's so disparate. Like, we don't know who we are. And that's like the whole arc of season five is I don't know who I am. Well, and I think that that's like always a problem with 90s TV, too, where you have teenagers, you have to make them now adults. And right. so you have a weird college period. Mm-hmm. And then you can. And Which then always can feels awkward. <laughs> yeah. And that was awkward. It mm-hmm. was necessary, but it was the worst. But then when you're just like, cool, we're fine. We'll just balance school on the side, but we'll hang out in Sunnydale and do our thing. It's like, okay, cool, great. That's better than you living in a dorm. Yeah. You know? Although the dorm is fun because you get Willow and Buffy. I mean, there's so many upsides to it, but it's so much better when you're adults. Yeah. Adults yeah. win. Being an adult is the best. So, just real quick, the FBI thing. I don't think 
this is really the FBI. If we're going to stay oh. in the world of the show, I feel like this has to be some branch of the initiative. I think the initiative is a really simple... Why can't the initiative have a branch in the FBI? And it, that, that could be it, but nevertheless, I feel like the, the really easy writing device, why the initiative even exists in the first place, is to have a big shadowy government entity that is control of all these things because for some reason we need a militarized shadowy entity. Well, it's like any other show. I mean, CTU yeah. on, on 24 is just like, it is Homeland Security, but it's not. Right. So it's also CIA abroad, but it's also FBI at home. It'll do everything and all and it'll fit exactly what you need. There you okay, go. but if we have a big shadowy government organization that knows all and sees all regarding weird mystical beings and evil creatures and invisible girls enough to have an index and track all of them to put them all in the same room to train them to be assassins why don't they know who the fuck buffy is <laughs> why do they never know there is a slayer like the initiative in it didn't even know a slayer was a real thing and they thought she was joking like how do you not know this but also in another way that almost kind of keys into the cluelessness of the initiative like the entire like force with which they were sort of uh, you know their entire mo is almost undermined by everything because they don't know anything i struggled with the initiative a lot one because i don't like military slash army slash anything to do with the government stuff in general because i think it's really dull yes. but also i feel like we already had a shadowy government organization called the council so to add another one felt like unnecessary it would have been more interesting if it had been council members that had come and taken her. And, like, Ooh, what yeah. else is the council doing? Because, like, why are you only invested in the Slayer when there's this whole world of other things that you know exist? You're probably doing more with your, like, 50 or 60 members or however many you have. I wonder if Justin... Especially when you're not actually, like, involved with the Slayer on a, like, True. a day-to-day basis. Xander's shirt at the very end, the 25-cent peep show shirt. Oz wears that in season three, I think. Season two or three. Just so everybody knows. How did Marcy know what chair was empty in the room of invisible people? How did she know? That's a great question. <laughs> Can she see other invisible people? No. That's all That's I That's what I asked. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... Can she? Did anybody ever write so. Have a Good Summer in your yearbook? Probably, yeah. I'm I sure. think so for me as well. Yeah. And keep I did. I wrote it in other people's. Yeah, me too. I don't think it's... That, that. was the most spot on. I felt that on a deep level. Me too. Because I was like, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, and, and Willow did too, and Xander. I'm really glad they did that too. Like, they weren't above that. All right, let's end this mofo. Moral corner. Moral learning corner. What did we learn? What did you learn, Stacia? Um. God, I didn't, I don't even know what I learned. Have a good summer. Uh. Yeah, don't write have a good summer in yearbooks. That yeah. is what you put. Never write have a yeah. good summer in yearbook. And I was just going to say have a good summer. That's like, enjoy mean. your summer. It's good advice. I learned that you shouldn't be shitty to people because they will turn invisible and hurt you. Yeah. Don't ignore secret agent people on campus because there's probably some shit going down. There you go. But you don't know they're secret agent. Like, I thought it was Cordelia's dad. There's two of them. I know, but I thought that was like his friend. (laughs) Who's also in a nice suit and dark sunglasses with an earpiece just on campus. Oh, no, that's not what they were. They were off in the background looking on to the Mayfair Queen or whatever. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. I, okay, I see what you're saying. Just a guy. Like he showed up guys. to support Cordelia. And honestly, I think it was right after that they had con- had somewhat of a conversation about the dad. So it's like, or about the family or something. Or maybe I'm making it all up. Uh-huh. Did she mention her dad? I don't think so. They talk about Mitch's dad. Family, Mitch's dad. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was her dad. 
Also, I thought that this was the episode where she was poor. So I thought I thought it would be like, hi, I'm Cordelia's dad being sketch right here because I have to tell her that I'm broke uh, and that I can't pay for her dress. Right. And then we were weirdly going to shoehorn this plot where she was going to work at a store. I really thought with like 10 minutes left that like we're about to get there. <laughs> so. That's not happened for two years. No. All right. Let's rank this rank it. thing. Do, 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 do. do we get on the net in this episode? I don't think we did. Well, we she did drop in and get the medical records. And Did we show that on screen though? No, no, no screen. Okay, yeah. So. No, but she went, yeah, Buffy 16, Willow 16 had a conversation about getting uh, the death records of friends, yeah. <laughs> so. so it's bleak all the way around. Well, I gave it a five because I don't think they actually I think used that's I didn't see that Joyce is a terrible mom. Wasn't this an episode? So she gets a five. Boom. Ridiculousness of the monster of the week slash big bad. Uh, I gave it a five, I guess, because while it was kind of cheesy, I don't know. I, I think it was, it wasn't as worse as we've gotten. Like, I think this is fine. It's yeah. whatever. It's a five. I give it a five, too. Relationship goodness or badness, also a five. Because obviously Middling we're episode. really shitty to Marcy and she goes on a fucking murderous rampage. Well, Seems like maybe that should rampage. be lower then. But she's not really one of our friends. But she should have been. We had this. Isn't that the whole point of the episode? And we did this last week where I was confused about who is in the relationships. And so if we're saying that she is excluded now, you're basically making her invisible, which is the whole point of the show, which (gasps) way to go. (laughs) We need to make her visible (laughs) and then tell her she's a terrible person. I think you should drop down that number and give it like a two. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Marcy! No justice, justice, justice for Marcy. <laughs> She's doing fine. She could be right here listening to you. You don't even know. I would hear her breathing. She's loud as fuck. <laughs> Giles level of Giles. Give him a six. Yeah, yeah, yeah six is probably fine. He was definitely a little more Giles than just medium Giles. He had a handkerchief. He did. Yeah, that's nice. Episode specific. Clea Duvall is in this episode. Okay. Eight of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Her existence doesn't even get a 10 of 10. No, because that's not enough. Also, we only saw her in one scene. She didn't really show up. Just in the flashback, yeah. Do you think, was it her, I mean, I guess it was her. It was, yeah. That's at least, good job, guys. Yeah, so that gives it a 34. And that puts this episode at number 7 out of 11. Okay. So above what? Which is right above Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. And right beneath, six. Teacher's pet. Okay. Which I was like, holy shit, teacher's like, station point of that. Like, oh my God, teacher's pet is better than this That's episode. That's why your, like, your, your scoring things are going to give you a lot of weird surprises like that, which I like. She doesn't do this. She's being thoughtful about where she puts things. <laughs> I'm being random. So we're all doing. I don't know how things. to read your chart. Five. Station, but this is five at 11. Five at 11. Yeah. Which is right above teacher's pet. <laughs> and right below the harvest it's a fair spot i was not as generous this is a 112 which is the second to last of this season i think um oh is this one beneath this uh the pack the mm, yeah the pack is 115 115 so i robot eugene is 109 this is 112 115 is the pack teacher's pet is 102 so that would be my five never kill a boy which angel and then Welcome to the Hellmouth and the Harvest, number one, at 39. Gotcha. So we're going from 39 to 115 so far. The really I know Prophecy is Girl is going to be up there. 
up there. I don't know if it's going to be Welcome to the Hellmouth, though. But we'll see, because this is one episode that I legitimately do not remember. So I'm feeling like I'm probably going to put it first. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping so, too. I'm hoping so, too. I just think that scene with her saying, I don't want to die, Giles, is really powerful. Yeah. Agreed. See, I'm excited to see this. Because these ones I feel like I've known for years now. Like, watching these again are kind of fun. You get a different side of it. But I just weirdly don't remember Prophecy Girl. I must have been real drunk when we watched that, so <laughs> I'm excited, too. I always forget about the Invisible Girl episode, and then I feel guilty. Looking in the mirror every day and seeing nothing there. It's an overrated pleasure. I don't because Cleta will. <laughs> See, you should be the most guilty because you just made her more invisible. But yeah, you're just like, oh, Cleta, it's fine. Everything's fine. She's like, no, it's not fine. Did you know Cleta Ball was on an episode of Popular? Well, it, it's funny that you say that. Everything because, is six degrees of popular. Because when, when Cordelia said uh, the popular zone, I said, is that the name of the spinoff podcast for you? <laughs> the popular zone. The popular zone. zone. Oh my God. The popular podcast. You fucking should. You should. I mean, it would take two seconds. Anyway, that's. Has been out of mind, out of sight. What would be your two-second review of Popular? You should watch the show. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> because it's not, not very good, review. and it was on the WB <laughs> when it was good, that's and that's and Ryan good. Murphy, and not, not explaining reason. anything at 90s all. Nineties and you should. Watch. And they're in high school. And they're in high school. <laughs> so there's plenty of high school shows. Nineties angst. Yes. Yeah. Someone named Tuna Fish. Out of mind, out of sight. In the books. In the books. So, Prophecy Girl, two weeks from now. Yep, we gotta we'll be t- back. take a break because it doesn't come out. Yeah, and then we'll do weeks. that, and then we'll do a review of season, all of season one. Yeah, and then we might have some fun stuff over the summer, but we don't know oh, yeah. quite yet. We'll let you know. We'll uh, definitely do that. Episode. And then I think the next season starts September 15th, something like that. Yeah. We're a little ways off. we got a couple episodes before then, so. Yeah. Keep on listening. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Do the thing you do with Real Podcasts. At Beat Me Pod. On Twitter, and you can get to most of our stuff from there. Tumblr, yes. Beat Me Pod. I'm Kelly. What's your name? Stacia. What's your name? Uh. Thanks for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs>